0: but clubhouse
1: attention all passengers the temperature outside is minus 119 degrees celsius we are six years nine months and 26 days from departure for your personal safety be prepared to brace this is Paul. This is Kat. And this is Inez.
0: Tonight, we three are going to talk about the eighth episode of the second season of TNT's Snowpiercer. This one is called The Eternal Engineer. That, of course, is referring to Mr. Wilford. Just on a hunch today, this one was directed by one R- Rebecca Rodriguez. Do you know who that is,
2: Kat? Uh, I am want to guess maybe related to a Rodri- famous Rodriguez.
0: It's his sister,
2: Oh, nice! <laughs>
0: yeah, she is also a director. Her first credits are acting in um, Robert's uh, Bedhead short and uh, the original Spy Kids. But then she moved on to other things, and she got her first directing gig on his Dusk Till Dawn series. But then, oh, okay has done uh, The Orville, Doom Patrol, The Mayans, uh, Snowpiercer, Debris, and she's also helping him develop a new Zorro TV show with Sofia Vergara. Ooh
2: that sounds fun that's awesome i didn't know that but that's really cool and then because i liked this episode the way it was shot and the way you know everything like the tension stuff because we don't really talk about that part of it but yeah that i like that thanks for bringing that up
0: (laughs) she did this one and last week's the ruth centric uh our answer for everything Speaking of Ruth, I had my eye on Ruth this entire time because I had predicted she might be expendable. I got completely faked out when she went in the sub train. Did, <laughs> did you guys get faked out at all? Were you like, nah, that's nothing.
2: You mean the, like under the water? or Yeah,
0: yeah. When the main busted or whatever it was that happened when she was down there.
2: Yeah. I mean, when that water busted, I thought they were all going to get wiped out like Titanic style, you know, <laughs> like when the like, things start busting, I'm like, oh no, that's not good. Like Osweiler also is in the, in the, in that area, but I don't know how they survived that.
0: Me neither. They just showed up with mops after that. <laughs> yeah it was him it was osweiler and javi and ruth were were down there keeping track of of this water problem caused by icy bob so now we have our answer to what the whole icy bob mission was about i know a lot of people were thinking that he would be sent out to deal with melanie but i had i had this idea that that He had other plans because of his adjusting the timeline, you know, a couple of weeks ago. What do you think of his decision to spend a man in this way? I get the idea like he like Icy Bob was a one time use kind of kind of thing.
1: Right. And then even Icy Bob says I served my purpose and like he knew that he was getting ready for a um, suicide mission and had been prepping for that moment. I don't know, this is not my favorite episode, so I'll just kind of, I'll probably be like the negative Nancy throughout this one, so I'm going to feed off of your guys' energy (laughs) as I get through, just because I felt like there was a a lot of kind of like holes throughout here, but, and uh, one of them is like the whole Icy Bob thing, I kind of am confused about why kind of give us this very like human, you know, he's in control of his will, kind of like empathy that he was giving Josie. Um, warnings that he was giving Josie, but then he like just kind of did this. And I'm just, I don't know. I know that Wilford breaks people down, but it just seemed like he was like volunteering and doing this. And so I'm just kind of confused about why they gave us that little like human view of him. That's a good
0: question. I mean, we have that moment a couple weeks ago that you're referring to where he and Josie sort of sort of bond. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting from Bob, but when he started speaking just a normal language, <laughs> I, I guess I was I was thinking that he was just kind of grunt or moan or something that you might expect from from a giant. And, and instead he, he, he spoke rationally and but kind of fearfully for his position. And you're you're right. It was kind of surprising that he would go through with this mission. I mean, he must have known what, what doing what he did would cause or potentially cause to some extent and be okay with it.
2: Yeah, and it seems weird because I mean he's so much bigger and so you would think like if he is doing that against his will. Like he could smash any of those people unless they like maybe put a shot in him. And, you know, cause the, I'm, I'm sure the doctors have kind of, I mean, they've done a lot to him. So I don't know if it's something that we just haven't seen, you know, since Josie's been there, there was a lot of stuff that happened before that we don't know to him. Um, so who knows how, you know, like, I guess they don't, like he wanted the pain med really bad from Josie. So like, who knows how they've kind of, I don't know, suppressed that will, you know, like to, to uh, say no, or to like, how come he can't just crush Wilford is my thing. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If, If he wanted to. So what you're saying is kind of true. Like he knew what he was doing in a way and he does it, but I wonder if that's the breakdown of like how Wilford just turns people to do what he wants in a way. Cause You can see that he, I know you've used the word Inez a lot this this season, but it seems like he was just starting the process of grooming Josie in this episode with like, uh, you know, the hand thing and making her feel good, you know, like, Hey, you're back. And, and, and just like being nice to her and also sharing a lot of insight. Like it seemed he like he was really authentic in that moment. And I kind of like, was like, Oh, I kind of like you there. But then I was like, Oh wait, this is Wilford. He's playing a game with her. He's not just being nice to her. He's going to use this against her. I mean, not use it against her, but kind of starting that process. And like, even him saying, I'm going to leave the door open. Like I don't know. He just he he gets people to do things without having to force them to do it. But it's a mental game.
0: Well, that scene had a, I had a lot of questions about that. I needed you guys' help with. Like this whole season, I've been asking for some proof of this charisma <laughs> that Mister mm-hmm. Wilford is supposed to have, and then I finally got it. And it was that scene that you're talking about with the hands. And he mentioned something that he he summed up something to the along the lines of that uh, an illusion can be valuable if it if it's stops the pain right or, or something like that when he's talking about you know dealing with the the hand and and that visualization exercise that he was working through what did you guys get out of that that sentiment i don't remember his exact words i didn't write them down verbatim but that, i think that was the idea
2: yeah i wrote it down it, it, he just said illusion has its value it takes away the pain and that's the thing i was mentioning like I felt like that was the most real insight to how he feels about the whole train and how he runs Snowpiercer or how he runs Big Alice and how he would want to run Snowpiercer because he puts on that illusion. And I feel like it also in this, this episode, we see him stripped back if we're to believe that, you know, all, all his plan didn't go to plan and he actually did have to save the train. Cause I I don't know, I guess he, he's done a good job of like, like what was his plan and then what did he actually have to save in this episode? It was very revealing. And it's interesting that he revealed it to Josie who he knows has ties to Andre and had sparked, you know, the revolution or whatever. So I don't know why he would lay all his cards out Unless he wants her to trust him so he can use her later like Icy
1: Bob. That's my theory. I have, I struggled a lot with this episode because like I said, it just felt like a lot of things were not complete or didn't make total sense. But, uh, but this, you know, focusing specifically on showing the charisma, I thought it was really cool kind of showing like his little hints into his brilliance that he does have because he, Aside from being the world's um, biggest narcissist, he is very intelligent, and so that was a very sweet service that he did for Josie. But I also kind of was just really suspect, suspicious of his intentions, and kind of identifying this as grooming behavior. But I really like what you said, Cat. Now that I've heard that quote again. You know makes me wonder like how much of his persona is an illusion that he's hiding from like within himself or something or maybe that maybe I'm just maybe that's just, like too much of a kind of like a sidewind but I thought I, I like that um that uh, thought train there so I'm gonna take that and think about it after we conclude our conversation today
0: you could interpret that as pretty fatalistic right that that uh he's already we, we sus- we've suspected that he already believes that the human race is 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 dead it's it's just the this is the least painful way to go (laughs) is by prolonging your life on the train you know whatever happens happens at that point as long as he's comfortable when he goes rather than freezing to death i mean that sentiment is kind of spelled out there right The, the illusion of a prolonged life by you know living it out on the train takes the pain away uh, of knowing that you're that you're dead anyway probably
2: just because of the how the episode played out like his illusions for himself yeah like um because if i was thinking you know as it played out in the end when he's taking it over and you know shit's hitting the fan (laughs) and and like even alex is like is this part of your plan like she was like you know because he's he's had the illusion so well or like the game played out but he didn't, you know? And then he had to kind of get into gear. And then, so I don't know. It's the fact though, I was, I wrote down like, he was willing to gamble that everything was going to go according to his plan. And maybe it's like the illusion that he does have the power and like he kind of, I don't like everything's going to work out, even though like he took a major gamble on like the circuits and the, you know, all, whatever they were doing in the, in the, in the in the engine. And then it, it almost like got fucked up, right? So. Yeah. Yes. But he, <laughs> believes his own shit that he was willing to do that because he wants the power right so i don't know i think there's a lot of play in that like i think that quote would have been a better i don't know it could have been a title but i feel like that's a very revealing thing um about wilford and i'm sure it's going to play out even more maybe later in this season next season but who knows like illusions that he also is trying to believe himself of what he you know fake it till you make it kind of thing
0: that could also tie into his relationship with Miss Audrey, even though she seems to be doubling down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those of us who who came to like Miss Audrey last season are holding on to hope that she is, is not as bathed in the Kool-Aid as she is telling everybody that she is. And that could be part of that illusion that is taking the pain away, right? This
2: mm-hmm.
0: pretend girlfriend.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're both pretending to like go back into whatever they were before but they both maybe know underneath that they're not it's not true and i'm still not convinced i don't know if i know you're talking about some like this plot is a little bit like too tv like hey that like she just turned all of a sudden um like and went full on i hope she's still undercover because it just seems very the miss audrey thing's throwing me off too
1: Maybe it's my hurt feelings. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was—I uh, think—is was, you know, part of it—is my hurt feelings. I was watching this episode. I watched this um, episode on the screeners on International Women's Day, so it felt was like really emotionally was like breaking my heart um, seeing this, and then I felt really foolish because I was like still holding out hope in the last like two conversations that we've had about this and I I don't think that I'm like holding out hope anymore now I'm just kind of curious to see how it's playing out. maybe she could foresee that he was going to have an edge up when she realized that she was caught I don't know I'm I, I think I'm holding myself back on a lot of predictions at this point because it's because I'm just so distracted with the stuff going on um, in this episode that I'm sure that we'll we'll dive into to touch back on that charisma for Wilfer. <laughs> I know I've said that I hate him every single time, but I, I'm like <laughs> getting a crush on him so badly now. It's it's really bad, like guys. Like I, and it, and I know it's because like. I am a sucker for clowns, like for just really funny people. And he, his lines are just like my favorite lines. Just like the snark that he gives to people you know you know oh here to ruin the moment per the usual <laughs> like, like those are my favorite and then when i see in the facebook groups and they have all the memes with the captions of of his quotes that he's saying and i'm just like oh no i have a crush on wilfer now <laughs> so like that's how paul that's how you can get a strong independent woman <laughs> to fall in love with him <laughs> i don't know
2: the last few minutes i also was feeling a little like and like he he has that Melanie, they both do. And I also wrote that like when he was basically making Andre look like a fool in a way because he's like, oh, you can't even lead this train. You don't know the you know, you don't know the, you know, um, <laughs> how, how it runs. And he was just like taking control. And he even took it away from like Javi and Ben who have been in the engine for the last seven years. They should know everything about it. But he still has that like extra thing that Melanie has too. And then it made me realize that's why he wants Melanie out because he's the most valuable. You know, he's mm. the he's the most like he's the mvp and well co mvp if if melanie's in the picture um that he can you know she she proves to be the most valuable as well so it seems like he wants to be the only one cuz he does have the engineering background I wasn't sure if like he did or not or it was just uh, like he was the money or whatever from those flashbacks but he he does have like the engineering chops we we saw in this episode so I was like man like you're a badass like I don't know mm-hmm. but you're also psychotic so I don't
1: know yeah. it was totally sexy like yeah. just watching him <laughs> you know like take charge and like problem solve on the spot you know you get that brief moment of seeing the the stress and panic on his face because mm-hmm. his plan made it took an unexpected turn but then he was just like melanie he was able to solve it, and you can cut you can see you know a lot of where melanie probably got you know that under the high pressure problem solving thing because she was his apprentice for who knows how long but yeah i was totally like fuck man like i hate that wilford is like making me like him and i'm like staring at his pictures more and i'm like don't do this to me wilford i've spent the whole time hating you Uh, that's hilarious taking
2: the train and also basically getting your power back like wow That was really good.
1: (laughs) Brains and humor are the way to my heart. Like, this is a problem with Wilford. I can't, it's hard for me to watch it because I keep laughing at only him. He's the only one that's, like, really hilarious. Uh, And then he's, now we get to see him as working his brilliance. I'm like, "Mm, this is, like, why I married my husband.
0: (laughs) I'm sure he was rock hard through that whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, but speaking of that, I mean the that transition of power when you mentioned you're not an engineer, you can't even run this train. Andre just recedes at that moment. I have in my notes <laughs> Andre performs a walk of shame with a montage of people like facing the fact that he is done. I didn't realize that the that when he released the flare that was supposed to mean that everything had gone to shit. I thought the flare meant to man your battle stations or something i i didn't expect that it meant okay don't do anything <laughs> i'm beat <laughs> i'm just no. beaten What did you guys feel or think it would go another way like mm. there was still some fighting him or 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 what
1: i think this is where we where we we keep talking about his inexperience as a leader is very clear he had um you know we all know or, or you know a lot of us are who work in um in uh, multi kind of like level hierarchy organizations know that you don't have to be the smartest person to be a good leader. You you tackle your lack of technical knowledge by surrounding yourself with experts in various parts. We've been complaining about this from about Layton the whole time that he did build his cabinet of advisors, but he's not using them and he's not using them well. The scene made me think, made me reflect back on season one when Melanie relinquished control of the train to Leighton, and it kind of just makes me wonder, like, did she hand it over to him because she knew that he needed to feel the weight of the in- this very sensitive operation and knew that he would Potentially fail, or was that genuine? So I just wanted to pose that question to you guys, just kind of a little little reflection.
2: That's a good one because I think seeing Melanie in Wilfred's actions today, or like, you know, probably where she learned or how they maybe hit it off, because I feel like those were the moments when they were brainstorming or problem solving. Like, you could maybe see flashbacks of that in this, like, you know, with him doing what he did. But when she relinquished power, I felt like it was kind of like, oh, you think you can do it better? Like, go for it. Because then she felt like a weight had been lifted. She could just focus on her engineering because she didn't have to do the leadership part. Um, and so I, I I, I, do like that question because I think it wasn't how Andre is relinquishing it now or he's like, you know, tail between his legs. I think she she didn't relinquish it in that way. I think she was just like, okay, you try it sort of thing and see the brunt of everything that I've done and all the judgment that you've had. But I think his surrender is a little bit different. It it was very sad to see him in this episode because you saw it in his face from the moment that problem happened. And I think he kind of knew something was going to happen. I
0: don't think that that's a, a plot that would ever play out in real life, you know, where someone had control of something, a political position or something, and then would just, you know, retreat from it with the, with the intent that the person taking over them would hate it so much that they would come crawling back and say, please take this back from me <laughs> but it is a tv plot that <laughs> that you see
2: so it has that extra element of the engineering thing like you yeah need to, you need to and i think she knew that she knows that he was going to need her so it's not like she was like hey go back to the you know uh, like you're gonna i don't know he, she was he was going to shun her and never use her again like he obviously needed her and i think that's maybe why she was okay with relinquishing power
0: well, she might have been pursuing at returning to order, even if it meant she wasn't in that position of power anymore. There were too many too many hard decisions being made, too many cars being left behind, too many people have, have, getting hurt and killed and stuff. And so maybe that's really more why she wanted things to end, whereas this is just leighton was just beaten you know he had the the kind of the unofficial polling that took took place last episode with the red lights and then just kind of the scuttlebutt around the the train about his his uh waning support
1: yeah um i, I oh, see i think this is where i was having like a lot of problems here because i feel like You know, when you're the leader and of a train, you can control the messages, and you have uh, the modality and the upper hand already. Like, I just don't see any reason why, when they had the physical evidence from a local expert about the intentional sabotage, why not just like be very transparent with everybody about like what's happening breachmen you know discover that wilford like did this or whatever or something they ha- they had physical evidence to know that it was intentionally sabotaged. so why not just like say that and let everybody know and then Uh, you know explain because of this we're bringing inviting all engineers to the front to like problem solve and we'll get back to you like i feel like simple change management kind of stuff like that could have helped out um in the long run with this whole like sneaking and having people be like oh my god he's on the train and whatever or you know when you're fucking done like and you know that he's an awful person like why not like put him in the drawers like melanie put andre in the drawer when she was done with him like why couldn't they put him in a drawer um before they you know they could do anything or whatever i mean javi had it under control and was doing it and wilford just took over Finish it not because Javi was incompetent, he was just showing off, and he wanted to make sure Leighton knew that um, he was smarter than him. So, anyway, so this is a lot of those kinds of like opportunities that I feel like don't justify why you just jump like to one extreme to another without doing this kind of like logical stuff in between. I don't know. I felt like you could have easily killed him anytime, you could have put him in a drawer if you want to, you could have knocked his head out once you got your part or whatever. I'm sure that. Javi and Ben would have figured it out if they, once they had the par and then it's like, all right, we got late. We got Wilford. You can send him back to big Alice. I don't know.
0: You know what he could have done was once Bokey realized that the train had been sabotaged and, you know, he, he gave up his Wilford coin to, to Andre almost saying like, I owe you one, you know, for being straight with me. He should have had him get on the horn be like this is the last surviving breachman bokeh you all know me i mean there's only one guy on this train that sounds like me (laughs) right (laughs) and i discovered the train had been sabotaged i don't know how but that that big spike didn't get there by magic and now now we have to do these things because of it but they didn't do that the messaging right bad messaging Mm
1: -hmm. that just feels like such uh an obvious kind of thing but maybe that's why they've shown us in previous episodes of how like sloppy Layton is with the communications to the passengers when he doesn't have ruth around but i think I don't know. I just thought the whole thing was mishandled and it felt sloppy instead of it being, you know, like, oh, this is all the resources that we had. It's like you guys fucking have control of communicating to the entire train and you're going to choose to keep everybody in the dark for what? Like, it. I still don't feel like it's justified enough of why they avoided communicating with people if the whole point was about keeping their alliances to the train and not to Wilford.
2: What, what you're saying, Inez just brought up that illusion again. And I feel like um, the illusion thing applies to Andre. I think he always was like, no, we're going to make it through. And like, I think he really believed in, in the followers and that they were going to, you know, because of where he came from. And I think it really worked against him in this, in, in his whole leadership um, style. I think he really wanted to be the opposite of Melanie and what Wilfred represents that he didn't realize you need a little bit of that. You got to play dirty sometimes or just be firm. And like the fact that he didn't fight back at all after he fought for so long to get where he was seemed very out of care. Well, not, I don't know if it's out of character. What do you guys think? Was it very out of character for him just not to, like to give it up after he, you know, was in the tape?
0: Oh yes, Mm -hmm. I wonder.
2: Like to me, the only way I justified it in this, and and you guys can tell me what you guys think, but like, is that he realized his lack of experience with like the engineering part of it, and I guess it goes back to the title, right? Like he and, and the fact that he couldn't do anything, even if he like he couldn't even stop Wilford because. Like he couldn't have saved the train, you know, he needed him and in, and seeing Ben and Javi, the fact that they couldn't even do it, um, I think made like cemented that thing for Andre's like, well, fuck, if I let my pride or let the leadership thing, like if I want to keep power, like there will be nothing to keep power of because we will all die. And I think that's what I saw in his eyes is like, he was just like, fuck, like, like it just felt like he was like... Realized how much he could not do anything, even if he wanted to knock him out of the way.
1: I also did feel really sad for him experiencing um, just like watching him kind of like fall apart. But the details that like this episode, I think, is one of the first times that I see him kind of like really cleaned up. Like he almost is like wearing a suit um, (laughs) kind of um, outfit, right? And then, you know, he's coming in very confident at the start of this. And then he ends up like, it's like the first time he's like giving himself that presence and i'm i am the leader and i look good now (laughs) and then like same day like i'm i have to give back the train because i'm obviously not good at this i think i feel more like andre is not the right person to be leading this kind of train i feel like i would be more i feel like a ruth kind of character is kind of more appropriate because they're more mindful and strategic and and knowledgeable and layton seems very reactive emotional and um doesn't know how to like maximize his resources around him i wouldn't want to follow i don't want to follow layton (laughs)
0: one other factor that we haven't talked about with layton's um retreat is without him there's there's really no reasonable expectation that mr wilford would honor his agreement to pick up melanie i mean we already have kind of that preview of how that's how that's going to go down from melanie's episode but you know they don't know that he doesn't know that yet all the same he's been fairly negative vocally in Leighton's presence this whole time to just give up. Like you said, it seems out of character, but for all we know, we're supposed to assume maybe some other stuff happened in between, like it was Roche that, that kind of took him in and Roche was sort of 51, 49 on the, on the uh, loyalty meter <laughs> this week. <laughs> and uh, so maybe when, when that, all went down maybe he flipped that one percent that that needed so that he started following Wilford's orders and there was just nothing he could do because he just didn't have any support around him anymore like like Inez was saying that's not wasn't my favorite part of this episode for sure just that like I said walk of shame moment
2: and like you say it's because the things that are happening sort of like a very stark Game of Thrones I know we bring that up a lot but it just it has a lot of the same kind of things I'm like you don't like what's happening but is it good plots like you know like I have to sometimes separate it because I don't like that laid in and them are, are, are out now and like Melanie's in limbo but I will say Wilford finally taking over the train and Ben saying at
1: the very end like you have the train like I mean as a TV moment though that's really good <laughs> I listened to our last our podcast from last week and Paul you predicted that Wilford um, will be taking over the train so congratulations I'm going to be following you <laughs> <Yay>. more closely <laughs> yeah I, I, I know I said last week also I said I would totally be interested to see a wilfer thing but i i did leave this episode heartbroken and like feeling like nope nope i really wasn't ready i didn't mean it (laughs) (laughs) but now we're here so uh and now i'm hoping that uh we'll get to see in the next episode how it all goes down when he ditches Melanie in the side of the snow
0: you know this week I, I posed a question to our Facebook fans what they think of different things and whether or not Ruth was expendable now or not And now I'm hoping she's definitely not because if Layton is some form of incarcerated right and Roche uh, we can cover his whole story, but he winds up in the drawers, the Big Alice version of the drawers at the end of the episode. Who else are we going to have in a position of power that we know is is going to probably be positioned to help <gasps> everybody, you know? Oh
1: my I, gosh, great question, Paul. Because I think I it's Ruth. Th- you think Ruth would be like the, the, the person to take over, like breakman duties? <laughs> or, well, I, more,
0: <laughs> I don't know about brakeman, but more like jailbreaking. <laughs> if, oh. if you, you know what I mean? Oh,
1: I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see what you mean. I was thinking about um, like operationally on the train <laughs> who was going to be replacing Roche. And so I was got really excited of like, oh my God, do you think like now that wilford's back and lj is is like chummy now with osweiler if if she would just be recommending that osweiler just all of a sudden now be the ruler of the (laughs) breakman
0: that'd be quite a quite a step up for janitor osweiler but no i i'm i'm trying to think of team leighton is is really down but ruth might not be fully counted in that team in wilford's eyes he might still think that she's got some loyalty with him then this would be a big moment for ruth because you know a big test if that comes to pass is she's really very interested in order you know there's a leader now order will follow she th- maybe but what does she do does she does she uh try to help the former leader because uh, the new one's probably gonna leave behind her friend <laughs> or 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 what I'm I'm, I'm thinking Ruth might have a, have a lot to do here in the next couple episodes.
1: yeah, I tend to agree I think that she has been underutilized um, by Andre and the little bit that he has taken advantage of her expertise, she's just really been invaluable. she's amazing but yeah, so now that she's kind of had that big, character development from the last episode how does she go into the world of wilford that she wanted so badly and that she thought that she was already within for the last seven years and now she's got him
0: she made kids sing his song
1: (laughs) yes uh, yeah she made kids sing his song and recite things for him and present gifts for him she probably helped distribute like the red lanterns i'm sure (laughs) at some point asking would you like a red lantern this will be very interesting to see how her moral compass interacts with the wilford rule Uh,
2: yeah i don't know i wonder if she's going to if she's if she's gonna pull a miss audrey and just like be like okay i try you know like like just go against what she um has like learned in the last few episodes. If we're to believe, you know, like she's felt bad about what she was doing with Melanie with like, you know, the hand cutting off and uh, all of that. And for her to, I mean, we're assuming that Wilfred is going to probably do the same style and even worse of what Melanie was doing. Right. So um, is she going to be okay with that? I don't know. Will she do that? And then to, to save her friends, essentially. Right. Cause I don't know. All the people who. <laughs> Where with Andre, it's not looking good, right? Like, I guess if you have a a turn of power, are you going to be safe? Especially in this with Wilfred at the helm. So I don't know. I feel like all of them and and, and just seeing Roche, like it was interesting that they showed us that Roche is going into the drawer because it just makes you uneasy of what's going to happen to everybody else. So maybe Ruth is the key and it'll be interesting to see what she does, whether she goes along with it like a Miss Audrey type thing or go the other way. But what does that mean for her, right? Because then you said like she's expendable.
0: She could be. Um, You're right. You're right that that just because she holds the position of the leadership of hospitality on Snowpiercer now, when Mr. Wilford rolls in, I don't know if she's to slipper licking uh, like Kevin is. So he might actually... (laughs) take that spot from her just based on that blind loyalty that he offers uh which would be uh, you know an affront to her which would further fuel this desire to you know get her station back get her return to the the person that she she wants to be. because if he starts instituting the same like classist sort of ruling structure that was in place before she just got over the fact that she doesn't want to live like that anymore I think she's a linchpin for whatever's coming in these next, these last two episodes this season. Let's talk about Roche. This seemed to be his episode. It started with him narrating and we got to meet his family. Have, do you guys recall meeting his family at any prior point?
1: Uh, no, just the last um, episode before prior, right. When just at the glimpse, end, when right. she's like, yeah, that was the first time.
0: There was a lot of interplay there with Roche. It was hard to get a read on him, you know, in terms of uh, his fluctuating loyalty meter. He uh, has the Red Lantern in one episode, but he's saying that, you know, Leighton's his guy, but he needs to be neutral and just go where the train goes, essentially. Meanwhile, his wife is trying to convince him, you better go with wilford because uh, that seems to be the way things are going what did you think about this outcome for roche uh and and winding up in the big alice drawers was, was that surprising did it, or did you think he was just going to go get a a lecture for- from Mr. Wilford I wasn't expecting the drawers
1: I feel I always kind of got a feel that Roche is much more about like just survival and protecting his family you know I felt like I should have already knew who his family was because he mentioned them a lot all throughout the the time that we before we met them he, he has brought them up a lot and I always kind of got a sense that he's always driven by what's going to protect his family Um, First and foremost. So I also wasn't 100% sure where his loyalties were going to end up. At some point, during the conversation with his wife, I, I thought this is one of those distractor things for me where I was trying to get into it. I just felt like their conversation was kind of like a little too like formal you know when she talks to him about you know what do you hear what's going on and then she's like well you know i have my network too and my network is saying this and i was like who talks to their husband <laughs> like <laughs> you know i'm like with my husband i'm just like oh my god this is what i heard but well you know I, but to say like like i don't know my husband probably would think i was a robot <laughs> i'm like and with according to my network this is the latest and so I thought so that kind of felt a little that distracting to me so it was hard for me to kind of match the warmth and protection goals that he had with like the family that I finally was getting to meet but it makes sense to me why he's so driven by protecting them because apparently he has lost two children before, um, and they're, and they only have their daughter now. And so I can definitely empathize with why he's in this constant struggle. I thought he was going to die. Um, so I was surprised to see him in the drawer
2: yeah it was one of those things where like Roche has been here from the beginning like since season one but we hadn't learned uh like up until this point we hadn't really seen his background just like what he you know the few times we've kind of seen him interact with Sladen and I don't know it did feel like this was more of a Hey, we need to show something so we can care about Roche getting put in a drawer type thing. Even though, like, uh-huh. I do like him as a character, but I just felt like the it, it did feel a little bit like not earned um, with that bit. So I was like, eh, you know.
0: That's like uh, my my wife has a um, a theory about. Like competition reality shows, which is that if they start elaborating on your background in that mm-hmm. episode, you're done.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like top chef, like 101. Yeah.
0: Right, right. If you've been ignored all year, but then they're all of a sudden very interested in you, sayonara.
2: Yeah. And it's the same for, I think, narrative TV for the most part. And that's what happened with Roche here. And I was like, oh, this is, this is a little bit too formal for me. And that, it, it, with him, in regards to him.
0: There was a key little moment there uh, when he was sending out his guys on assignments uh, where someone mentioned the idea of uh, Jack Boots that had hidden and reintegrated into the populace, rebuilding a a network. Did you guys notice that moment?
1: After I learned that, I was half expecting Jack Boots to kind of like interfere with the the underground, like, what was that? That little trolley? train under the train when they picked wilford um yeah. i paused and i was just like oh they just talked about the jack boots a second ago and now they're going to bring wilford and they're going to see them underneath and they're going to like interfere or something and um so i kind of got excited about that but i don't think we saw any jackboot kind of activity down there did we right because those weren't jack boots; those were the people in third class
0: well one of you two i can't remember which but it wasn't me had the theory that Jack Boots were involved with the Breachman slayings, and this mm-hmm, might be a yeah. payoff to that theory.
1: Yeah, I, it definitely made me think that uh, that could be a possibility. So I did get excited when I heard about the <laughs> the Jack boot theory com- uh, coming in, but I my mind didn't really go much further other than like, oh, I'm going to see them soon. But I did not
2: <laughs> I feel like it has to be at play because there's a lot. I, I think also um, something that. Um, is a little hard to take in. I think as a viewer is thinking, you know, they keep telling us every intro, it's like a thousand and thirty four cars long. But as a TV, obviously they can't show all those cars and the scope of it. And we're only seeing the main characters and some of the side characters. So sometimes I think I forget like there are more people than just these like core group. And there's like, cause when they're like, oh, there's like word of Wilford in the train. And you're like, how did it spread? So, you know, like, like what's the extent of that? What does that mean in terms of like, how many people are going to be part of the uprising or whatever there is? And I don't know. It's like those little moments, I think that do bring it back to like, there's a whole network that we don't even know about probably that we haven't really You know, there's still a lot we haven't seen, I think is what I'm trying to get at.
0: With only 10 episodes a, a season, so far and i don't expect that to expand we will only get little glimpses like how last season uh we got introduced to a couple new characters here and there like just suddenly there were tailies that had been promoted to third class because they took janitorial jobs or whatever and but they were few and far between up until that moment we had assumed everybody in the tail was stuck in the tail except for those that volunteered to become whores like (laughs) josie yeah, <laughs> not Josie. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Zara. 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 They can introduce you know new little bits here and there, like like Amelia, for instance. She's she's someone on Big Alice that they've that they haven't done much with, but they've given her a hook. They've given her the interest in the the other last Aussie. So you know maybe maybe there's some future with her in in some important role that's just waiting. I don't know that it's going to pan out in the next two episodes. (laughs) It doesn't seem like we've got enough on her just yet. But, speaking of Josie, I won't besmirch her name anymore. That was a mistake. We did get to see her a little bit, and she's starting to look like herself again.
1: Yeah, we got uh, Icy Joe. (laughs) (laughs) I like that name i brought icy joe or super joe so <laughs>
2: yeah
0: that was cool like she she's looking like herself again and she has some resistance to the cold that she didn't have before
1: i feel like josie is one of those unwavering type of people like oh, yeah. i think <laughs> like she's just done so many like kind of stuff like this whole time it would uh, i feel like um she's one who stays true to her mission and so i am super excited to see what she's going to do with her superpowers what do you
0: suppose the the headwood doctor was meant when she told her that she should rest she had the kind of like a look in her eye like there was like two meanings there besides you know you look tired because they were talking about icy bob and you know how he you know done his thing and now they didn't need him anymore and then she says something about that josie should should rest do you suppose that there's there's an intended use for josie coming up
2: I mean, I think so. Uh, it seems like they, it, it was the perfect opportunity to use Icy Bob one last time. And then while well, we got the, you know, we're, we were prepping uh, Josie, I <laughs> I think Josie was figuring it out in this episode alongside this, you know, the take of power where it was like, oh, what are you guys Thinking, you know, like, like I, th- I think it was her, like how um, sorry, how Andre was coming to his realization, like he was losing the train, and she was coming to her realization, like what are they gonna do? Like, I, I'm sure she thought, like maybe there would be a price to pay for, like it wasn't just gonna be free. Like she gets all this really awesome medical care, and like gets brought back to life for free. I don't think that sunk in because she was in pain, and obviously it was like do whatever you need to do, or just kill me. And now that it's, like, sunk in and she's better, like, I think it's starting to hit her, like, oh, shit, like, what does this mean, actually? And what am I going to have to do? Because, like, Inez said, she is very unwavering, so... But does Wilford really know that? Because he thinks he can break anybody. I mean, she she got her hand cut off and, like, is still going and was frozen to death. Like, does he think he's really going to break her? <laughs> like, what, <laughs> like, what else could there be? Um you know that that he could do to her um that's
1: already you know that hasn't been done
2: already so Right.
1: She, she did that to herself. Like she, yeah. she got rid of her hand and like brawled it out herself. So that just seems like a really like strong kind of ambitious project for these scientists. If they <laughs> think they're going to turn her, I, it made me for a brief moment. It, it gave me kind of, um, a feeling, uh, a, a tingling sense that I think some of the theories that you both have brought up before is like do they have some kind of mind controlling way whether it's like torture, pain, conditioning, or something that kind of puts them in a haze where they just take orders and and just go. I mean, they have goo that recreates their skin, uh, right? So who's to say that there isn't some kind of like medication or process that they do to prevent you from going against your will? For a second, when we saw Roche at the end, uh, when I saw the doctors there, uh, like the creepy doctors... I thought that maybe what instead of killing him that they were going to like, like have him volunteer to go be like, like an icy Bob as like his punishment kind of thing, you know, like kind of like in Game of Thrones where you send your criminals who get caught like to the wall, uh, you know, to the watch. Um, Yeah, yeah, you take the black and, and you can live out your days out there for the rest of your life instead of being Killed for your crimes and so i thought for a brief moment that that like could be a thing um and then i was shocked to see him going into the drawers but hey could happen save him for later As <laughs> <laughs> how you build an army
2: that yeah. does
0: does seem to be one advantage to the to the drawer you know narratively is is that you can get a strong Player like Roche and and tuck him out of sight for a while, and then you know when you need him, you can you can make him reappear and it be kind of a dramatic turn when that happens, and it definitely helps. With the other side of the equation, where it takes our the people that we're regarding as our heroes, Layton or whoever, and puts them without the support that they need in order to to be successful. Um, the the whole Josie thing, though, I don't know what they intend with her. Um, I don't have a strong theory with that, but I I do think that they've got something in mind. I wonder, since we're talking about illusions. And kind of easing one's pain by by thinking uh, an illusion is is real. I wonder if that's part of how Miss um, Audrey does her sort of hypnotic thing, you know. And if this was some sort of method that had some root in a prior association with Wilford, like you were mentioning. How do they control people's minds? I don't know that it's too far-fetched to think that those, those, all those things aren't somehow related in that, you know, he needed Audrey to fix Kevin because his, maybe his, whatever you call it, conditioning had, had broken loose, (laughs) but maybe it's something that they have, I don't know, it could be part medicinal and part, therapeutic or something that works in tandem to create this conditioning and she's kind of getting the first dose with mr wilford's um charismatic treatment at the beginning there but there might be more coming there might be uh something intravenous (laughs) that that helps convince her
1: Mm -hmm. that's totally appropriate kind of connection that you make there. Uh, I was reading the Facebook group's um, commentary about theories as to what might be happening here with, uh, with Audrey. And some of the theories that had come up was about, you know, maybe like when she was working on Kevin, she was using that as an opportunity to like do it to herself because of them being like, having such a parallel storyline and I thought that was uh really interesting and it made me that's kind of like where my heart was extra breaking because I was like please let this just be Audrey's long game (laughs) you know um and 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 hearing those theories from those other Snowpiercer fans uh it I felt like it totally makes sense and if Audrey if she is successful in kind of being able to condition herself assuming that's true and she has you know she conditioned kevin to lick you know his foot (laughs) i think that she does have some kind of strength in this environment where she might be able to influence josie but i feel like josie also is is not gonna turn easy
0: the last plot line is just about osweiler and lj and their budding romance (laughs) I mean, I guess that's real, for as real as those two people can consider affection. I don't know why it's important. I don't know why it's taking up screen time other than to show us what characters that we've already met that are still alive are still doing. (laughs) Are you guys getting anything out of the LJ Osweiler connection?
2: No, it was just weird for me because obviously, you know, nothing happens in the show for no reason, some most of the time. So I was just thinking like, I hope there's a good reason or at least like a reason I'm going to hate to love or, you know, or something. I just don't like them as characters, which I think is kudos to those actors, you know, because it's also good to kind of hate the character. Like some (laughs) characters, it's fun. Yeah, LJ is just, ugh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I I thought that the interaction of their scene was really cute. I thought it was very sweet, but I also was thinking to myself, like, oh, not another love line. Like, I'm just now getting over the whole Zara thing. So, I thought, I just kind of was like, well, it was really cute. Like, I, I really thought it was a precious little moment. So, I gave them that, that they set it up really well <laughs> from, like, a storyline My guesses are going to be now that Wilford is in charge of the train and he knows the Folgers and I feel like LJ can make her way to him since since she is a janitor and has her backdoor accesses to stuff and you know she'll, Osweiler is kind of already shown that he will hop around his loyalty meter to whoever's going to help him survive and everything he does is about survival even like the pep talks that he gives lj about mopping up all of the water you know he's like this is our this is our time to shine so i'm thinking that the intent is that she will bring him along with whatever scheme it is to get into wilford's graces and then he will end up being a tool for wilford
0: I can go with that. I mean, I don't wanna overthink it for those two because <laughs> that that works. I mean, the next part of the last final part of the show here is is predictions. We only have two episodes to go. I had mentioned, I think an episode or two ago that I don't think this is gonna end with one of with some sort of uplifting um victory for the home team i i I think this is gonna end with on a down note uh Kat was mentioning the idea of, you know, when they lose Winterfell and,
2: <laughs> and we just yes. gotta live
0: with that fact for a while. I think it's I think it might be like that. Um, even though it's hard to conceive of keeping Sean Bean for multiple seasons, I I I don't know how they get out of it in two episodes in a very convincing fashion at this point. So I would see Mr. Wilford making his influence known in the next episode. That ruffling some feathers in the right places to maybe get something going so things don't look completely hopeless by the end of the season, but pretty bad.
2: I want to see where Andre ends up. So I don't know if that's that's not really a, th- a prediction, but um, I feel like it's not going to be good. <laughs> Since there was so much emphasis with Wilfred and, and not stopping for Melanie, I want to maybe predict that. Maybe we'll see that in the next episode, hopefully. because Or I feel like that's a very nine or ten you know i don't know if they're gonna save it maybe for the finale but there has to be some mention of like what happens to melanie they can't leave us like that unless they're waiting till season three opener to tell us what happens oh my god but, yeah <laughs> oh my god So i feel like they're doing you know where we compare this show a lot to game of thrones but just because they've they've done a lot of these like plot you know Points and, you know, a lot of stuff happened in the ninth episode. It came <laughs>
1: out. So, yeah.
2: I mean, I'm going to just go in that direction and say maybe we see Melanie um, uh, see what happens to her um, at Wilford's um, hand.
1: I really want to see what's going on with Melanie. I think that these two episodes were so jam-packed with a lot of activity that was going on. I, what I did like in this episode was Alex's role of kind of keeping us, keeping the audience aware about the timeline and the impact. So now we know why the train was delayed um, past the thirty days that they originally had agreed upon. Now we know it's because the train had to intentionally slow down because of this intentional sabotage. And so I, I like making the connecting of the dots in that way if we keep going down that track that should lead us to this next episode should theoretically i think um now be like go time (laughs) (laughs) like the crossover again in their stories i this episode was fell short for me this is probably my least favorite episode of the season um just because i felt like there's so many other ways to like handle stuff that made more kind of common sense and it felt like sloppy to me and in some of these ways but it could have just been my mood like i said like having wilford take over the plane when i'm watching this on international Women's day was <laughs> not good for my ego and my heart
0: should have Boki on the on the pa man there's a lot i think a lot would have been solved with having that guy just tell his his piece man
1: right yeah exactly they all know Boki. And they trust him and they know that he's a super Wilford Knight, which by the way, I think I heard Till actually called him Wilford Knights. So I was really proud that like we started calling them Wilford Knights for a while. So, <laughs> um, but, and, uh, but yeah, to me, that just made so much more common sense and so many the you know, that's, I think that annoys me too much to have enjoyed this episode.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well, we hope for a return to form, at least for Inez's sake, next week with the penultimate ninth episode of Snowpiercer. Uh, looking forward to it, though, however it goes. I, like I said, I think it's going to be a downer, but we'll see. Uh, this is Paul.
1: This is Kat. And this is Inez.
0: And we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for
2: listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production.